0: Welcome to the podcast today here at LifePoint Church. I'm Pastor Nathan, here alongside Pastor Joe, and we're going to take a little bit of time here and talk about habits and Proverbs 18.1. Proverbs 18.1. How you doing, Joe?
1: Pretty good. I feel really good that we're wearing the same hat. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. This is the best LifePoint hat we've ever had. I love it.
0: I agree. Uh, Since the very first ones that I ordered, this is as good as it gets, Mm -hmm. this hat right here. All right, so Proverbs 18.1, what does it say? It says, he who isolates himself seeks his own desires, and he quarrels against all sound wisdom. So, at Encounter Night a few days ago, Lord, led me to that verse, and I began to think on it quite a bit, he who isolates himself. And I began to think about the culture of men in America, which is we isolate ourselves, you are going to think about how difficult it is to get men to go to small groups and then stay in small groups. I don't think I ever looked at being isolated, though, as something wicked, as something that was actually being used for evil. It seems like as men, we usually just say, oh, it's just my personality, or you know us guys, it's hard to get together. But it actually makes sense. We know that if you want to defeat somebody or a group of people, you isolate them. And so, if Satan wants to take the Christian man and weaken him and put him into a place where he feels defeated and overwhelmed, isolate him. So, he who, seeper, who he who separates himself or isolates himself seeks his own desire desires, and he quarrels or fights against sound doctrine. So, after reading that, I thought, you know, that's something we ought to discuss, and I know that there will be men and women who listen to this, and so... Uh, Ladies, if you have husbands or sons, it'd be good for you to uh, listen to this and hopefully get some insight into what it is that causes men to isolate themselves. What about you, Joe, naturally? What about you? Do you tend to isolate or are you somebody who seeks out um, accountability and mentorship and that sort of thing?
1: I think that for myself, the interesting thing about that is when I'm doing well mentally and spiritually, I naturally seek that out. Mm. But then anytime I'm actually struggling with something or going through a difficult time, that's when I start retreating inward. Yeah. And then um, if you don't already have those things in place, um, you either start shrinking away from those people and those things that have helped you or would help you because you you get to a place sometimes, especially if it's sin, mm-hmm. where you don't want help. Right. And then, uh, you know, if you don't have those things already in place and and strong in your life so that people can help pull you back out of uh, those ruts that you get into, then that's the time that even for me as a very extroverted person that seeks out those types of relationships, if I'm going through something, I will just I'll just slowly retreat mm-hmm. from all the things that uh, are spiritually helpful, but not even just spiritually helpful, mentally helpful.
0: Yeah. Exactly. I I see that in myself. Uh, What I've seen is over the course of my ministry as a senior pastor, that as time has gone on and relationships falter or uh, just become difficult over time, I find myself just retreating more. Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of men, the feeling is if I can retreat and not put myself out there, that I don't have to fear being hurt. I don't have to fear having somebody uh, gossip about me. I don't have to fear them leaving me. I'll just stay here in my bubble of self and hobby and whatever it is, that my family. And then I I don't have to get out there and do this thing where I have to be vulnerable, where I have to share. So that's why it was so cool when the Lord brought this to me. He who separates himself um, seeks his own desire, meaning... When you isolate yourself not only are you is it selfish but you no longer have concern for your family and your wife and kids which most men myself included we lie to ourselves mm-hmm. no I, I am here for my right. family that's, that's why i, I can't go say. to this men's group i'm doing i'm here with my family what your family needs is for you to be honest with a group of men that you're holding you accountable or a mentor who you're meeting with regularly, that's what your family needs, because what ultimately comes is a healthier dad and husband from that.
1: Yeah, I think we naturally just justify everything to ourselves. Right. And that's what the end part, what was the wording on the end part there? Uh, a quarrel against all sound wisdom. Yeah, against all sound wisdom, because you're just trapped in your own thoughts. Right. Which uh, we know we lie to ourselves, we know we justify Anything and the longer that you're separated from um, the wisdom of other people uh, who are not seeing it from your twisted point of view, but they're seeing they're looking outside and looking in and seeing this is this is not working, this is not okay for you, this is not helpful to you, and um, yeah, lying to yourself that's that's an issue. It's such a cultural battle, too, because. Um, I think in the West, even more here than uh, lots of places in the East, uh, you just get home, you drive into your garage, you shut your garage, you have your walls, mm-hmm. uh, you're walled off from all your neighbors. You don't even go outside to wave and say, hey, how's it going? You don't trim your bushes or, right. or anything. It's just this... So it's, part of it is a cultural thing, but yeah. we know who's behind you know negative cultural movements, and that's Satan. So yeah. So, reading that uh, got me
0: to thinking about my own personal habits of self-isolation, of looking at isolating myself, not just as a character. Oh, that's just who I am, right? It's uh, introvert, extrovert, this is how I recharge, all these lies that we tell ourselves. Like Reading Proverbs 18.1 well, made me say, um, this is a habit. The Bible says it's not only an unhealthy habit, but it's a wicked habit. And then inside this habit, I will actually forego sound wisdom and begin to believe and ingest lies. And so, with that, I I picked up this book in August. And by picked it up, I mean I won it. And by I won it, I mean Tim won it and I (laughs) took it from him. Yeah. I took it and I have kept it. And uh, (laughs) what's that? Yeah, you were there. I was there. It was pretty awesome. It's called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And I know I wanted to read it. We saw him speak at the Global Leadership Summit in 2022, and I loved his message on small habits, small changes, making a bigger difference in what he calls a feedback loop. And so, I began to read this specifically with Proverbs 18, one in mind. And so, I prayed before I started reading it, and I said, Lord, uh, keep this in mind. How do I begin to break this habit? Because and it,
1: the, it, the the book isn't approaching it from like a Christian perspective. Not at all. Yeah. It's just a scientific
0: brain. Yep. Uh, yeah. The research that uh, James has done in this book is absolutely incredible. But to, to give a very brief synopsis here for the short time we have in this podcast, the thing that he says, which I love so much, that is going to change habits is not goal setting, right? It's... Not process setting, changing your processes, which those are all good and those need to be done, but it's identity. And how often in the church have, have I preached on identity? A dozen times or more, um, at least. And we talk about identity all the time. James says in the book here, Atomic Habits, that if you try to break a habit or start a new habit without first identifying as a person who does that thing it will not last. So for example, I want to lose 40 pounds. And so you start going to the gym. It's the new year. You're eating better. We're currently in the middle of a fasting season with our church. And so you're super motivated. And and you might even go as long as three weeks, two months, three months. But if you don't change your identity as a healthy fit person, then it will falter and break and you will go back to what you identify as, which is I love comfort foods. I love relaxing and resting. I hate working out. And you'll just go back to telling you the things that your identity was Mm -hmm. before. And so he gives these examples, which I I love. He says he had a friend who wanted to lose 100 pounds, and she did. And it started with her saying, I'm a fit person, before she was. And then she began to make choices a fit person would make. So every time she came to a choice in the day... Do I want to sit down and watch a show, or do I want to go for a walk? Do I want to eat uh, this fried food, or do I want to eat a salad? Um, Do I want to get sleep, or do I want to stay up and watch two more episodes before I go to bed? And every time she would do it, she would say, what would a healthy person do? (coughs) And she would make those choices. And the idea that James, not being a believer from what I can tell, and not having any Christian um, influence to the book... He says it's identity. Well, the thing that Christ came to change and to give all man was a new identity.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, when we're baptized, our old self dies in the water and we're raised with Christ in a new identity. And that identity is meant to change our processes and our habits. And so just reading this and then tying this with what God showed me in Proverbs 18.1 about do not isolate yourselves... I look and I say, oh, it's so hard. I don't want to go start a small group. I don't want to go get another group of guys that I am meeting with. I've done this probably six or seven times in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been a part of groups of guys, groups of pastors. Um, Do I really want to do this? And immediately after reading this book, you begin to say, well, I identify as an introvert. I've learned to teach myself. Mm -hmm. You're safer in your shop, in your backyard. You're safer doing the things that you like. And you just work with other people and their problems rather than have to go out and work on your own. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, where are you at? If you, as we're at the beginning of this year here, where are you at? Where you're looking and saying, "What are some habits I'd like to change, which requires some goals, some changed processes, and I need to start speaking into
1: a different identity?" That that's such a uh, it's such a perspective shift on. Like what habits is, because we're, we're right at the new year, so everybody's going to the gym, and um, you know, you, everybody's first thought is, you know, the goals mm-hmm. and processes. I'm going to do this every single day, and my goal is to look a certain way, feel a certain way, be healthier, whatever it is, when in reality, they they should be saying, I am a... I'm a fit person. I'm a person who goes to the gym mm-hmm. every day. That's that's who I am. I'm a person who exercises and stays healthy. I'm a person who makes uh healthy choices when I choose what food I'm going to eat, like those type of things. And and then instead of uh just making choices out of willpower, you're when you make choices you're r- reminding yourself of what your identity is. And so much of the Bible is that exact same thing. And so when we have uh, Christian New Year's resolutions and these fasting resolutions, all these things people do, lots of times we're like, I'm going to get up in the morning Mm -hmm. and I'm going to read my Bible and pray for an hour. And I'm going to do this and I'm going to study the Word and I'm going to get together with people. And those, again, those are just the goals. When instead we should be focusing on what our identity is in Christ, but then even more specifically how that applies in our own lives. Like, I am a person... Who spends time in the Word every morning? Like, Mm -hmm. that's who I am. That's exactly right. That's what he says here in this book is,
0: you have to begin to make decisions based on the new identity, not, I'll begin to make those decisions when I reach. mm -hmm. When I believe I am this thing, now I'll consider myself this thing. Uh, He gives an example of two people saying virtually the same thing. One saying, uh, I can't wait to be fit, and another saying, I'm a fit person. I'm a fit person and so one is goals and processes and one is they've already accepted the new identity and they're trying they're beginning to operate out of it and then you make tiny changes you make what he calls atomic habits which the atom you know the atoms one of the smallest elements that makes up uh, the body and so the small habits but compounded over time it's like compound interest on your loan uh, it grows and changes us tremendously i have always said i am not a singer I am not a musician, and it was reinforced by parents who, when I sang, were like, "You are not a singer, <laughs> right?" And by by the logic throughout this book and what I've seen in other people, the truth is, if I start telling myself I am a singer, I begin to practice it daily. I begin to invest in it. I could get to a point where I could probably sing in front of people and be good enough. Not, I may not be. It may, it may not be the Michael Jordan of singing. I may not have this great talent. But I could sing and I could play an instrument and keep beat, but I have told myself for so long, oh, I can't keep beat. I can't clap and sing at the same time. That is what we're trying as pastors to teach our congregation, is we come into the Lord from a place of, I'm a sinner, I'm wicked, I am not holy, I am not good, Mm -hmm. right? And Jesus comes and says, I give you my righteousness. I clothe you in my righteousness, the Father sees me when He looks at you. And so we have to change our identity. But in order to change that identity, we have to know what we're changing to, mm-hmm. right? Right. I'm not turning into Jesus. I, I, I don't immediately... My goal isn't in 10 years to walk on water or be perfect in everything I do. So how do we embrace a Christian identity when, and, and the habits that follow What does that look like? What is a Christian identity? Mm -hmm. And that's where I think we get hung up on morals. I don't cuss. I got to stop drinking. um, No porn. And and we look at these things and we're like, if I can do these things, then I'll be a Christian. That's what a Christian looks like. But I don't think that's what a Christian looks like.
1: I've I've got some thoughts, but what are your thoughts on what Christian identity is? (sighs) I think that it's so much more important what God thinks about us and what Jesus thinks about us than what we think about ourselves. And that's our true identity. I mean, we have that uh, those identity cards mm-hmm. with uh, Freedom in Christ Ministries and stuff that has all the things that God says about us. And when you go through those, very often you realize like, well, I don't actually think this right. about myself. I don't actually believe this. And whether it's that you're truly forgiven, like that you're not because you're not able to forgive yourself mm-hmm. for certain things, or uh you, you know the Bible says that we're seated in the heavenly places with christ um and and so many other things that you're like, do I really say that about myself? do I really believe that about myself? I was thinking, um when you were talking out of the two examples of just normal things that I've uh, on the opposite ends is uh I've always said that I'm not an artist. Mm-hmm. You know, I had uh, an experience in seventh grade where I was drawing a castle in art class and I thought it was okay. And then I looked over at my friends and they are really good artists and mine was just atrocious compared. (laughs) So in that moment, I decided to give up and I gave up forever. And I've always said, I'm not an artist. I can do a lot of things, but I can't do that. And on the other hand, I remember when I was young, maybe seven or eight, and there was a couple foods that I really didn't like. I didn't like tomatoes. They made me want to throw up when mm-hmm. I would eat them. And I remember choosing, I'm going to be someone that likes all food. And I kept eating tomatoes until I liked them. And it took a lot of times. Yep, And now I am somebody my entire life. I, I it, Because of a decision and a, an identity choice that I made when I was young, I like all food. Yep. And I've always just identified as that. I'm somebody that eats anything, that doesn't care what you put in front of me. I like it. And and so just to thinking about my own life, seeing those choices that even they, that they seem so mundane, they had a, they affected me my entire life. Big time. I, I never put in any effort in drawing or anything because I identified as someone who could not be good at that. Mm-hmm. And, and a non-positive thing, you know, I identified as someone who could eat any food. So, just imagine the spiritual implications of when you really choose to identify as something, how that would change your life and change it for the better. Right.
0: So, you'll probably uh, resonate with some of these and those listening will. So, here's some of the things we often do, the curses that we sort of speak over ourselves. I'm terrible with directions. I'm not a morning person.
1: That one's one of yep. mine. That one's one of mine that
0: I've believed and I've tried and I had jobs where I had to be up at 4 a.m. and I just told myself I'm not a morning person when the truth is I didn't change my identity of being a morning person. I just tried to change some processes. And when the identity never changed, I am what, what sorry. In the world are you I'm trying to find the Freedom in
1: Christ bookmark on my phone.
0: Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. We'll forgive him this time. Um, I'm bad at remembering people's names. I hear that one a lot. As a pastor, I've spoken that one sometimes. Somebody says, I'm always late. I'm not good with technology. I'm horrible at math, right? And these are identities we give ourselves. Right. We don't think of it like that. We're like, right. no, that's more of a personality. No, it's an identity. So now transfer that over to the Christian life. Oh, I'm, I'm not an evangelist. I, I'm not a theologian. I'm not a theologian. It's a big one. right? Right? And so we excuse ourselves from understanding scripture more, because I'm just not a theologian. I'm not Um, a pastor. I'm I'm not not. a pastor. Um, I could never go and lay hands. I'm not a healer. I'm not somebody who's into the gifts. And we tell ourselves these things. And what I have seen play out dozens of times is that when somebody stops doing that, and they start telling themselves the other, Mm -hmm. I am a truth seeker. I, I am somebody who has the power that Christ had, because He's given it to me through His Holy Spirit, and I can go and pray over somebody, and they could be healed. Mm-hmm. I, I am a deliverance minister. I am an evangelist, right? I think what happens is we're afraid to say, I'm an evangelist, because it means we have to quit our job and move to Africa, move to China. Yeah. And we're, we're afraid that's what it means. It scares and so, people, yeah. yeah. and so we tell ourselves the lie, I'm not this thing. Um But I think that's exactly, I mean, he's on to something here, that the more, he says, the more deeply a thought or action is tied to your identity, the more difficult it is to change. Mm -hmm. So I look at some of my identity negativities, and I'll be open and honest here. Some of them are, I'm not a morning person. Like, that's part of who I am. Um, I don't recharge being out. I only recharge by myself, alone. That's how I recharge. Mm -hmm. It's not entirely true. Honestly, I used to, my only way to recharge was going to out, being at parties, hanging with friends. I I, I lived for that. I loved it. Um, I'm not a musician. I'm not a singer. That's another one. Three. Um, I do not m- memorize scripture well. Mm. I have said this about myself for years. I have tried. I have put flip boards up and I've just told myself, I guess I'm just somebody who doesn't memorize scripture. Now, I know all the concepts, and Mm -hmm. so you'll hear me often say here in the Scriptures and here and there, and so I do retain concepts, but I don't remember the Scripture. I'm not one of those people who can quote verse and chapter and all of that. But the truth is, what if I begin to change my identity of that? I am somebody who memorizes Scripture. Okay, well, what do people who have good memories do? And then you go and you learn what are the processes they follow, Mm -hmm. and then you just begin to implement small pounce of those processes. And I bet by the end of 2024, I could be somebody who memorizes scripture at with at ease, right? Now, there are those who God has certain gifts. We have certain leanings towards things. But what I have learned and what this what the Lord is sh- obviously showing me here between Proverbs and starting to read this book is that you have to stop telling yourself that whatever bad habit you are currently stuck in is who you are and you just got to put up with it. Cuz the truth is it's not. Mhm. The truth is you can change. You can become a morning person. You can become somebody who is more disciplined, right? You can go back to school and get that degree that you're telling yourself, I just couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's important for us on a personal level just to live life and on our level as followers of Christ. I am a child of God. I have said that from the stage so many times. You are a child of God. But what does a child of God do then? Mm -hmm. Right? And isn't that what we got to ask ourselves? Would a child of God do this? And begin to implement daily small choices into that. And one of the things he says, which is good, and before we end here, I want to make sure and be clear on this is, he said, you are never 100% in anything. He said, it's all about weight. You want the habits that form towards what you're wanting to become to be greater than the ones that you do that aren't what you want. So, if I'm wanting to be more of a morning person, I'm going to sleep in, I'm going to have days where I don't get up, I'm going to have thoughts that say, oh, I'm not a morning person. But I need to be balancing that with more action and more intention on what, does it, what, what are the things a morning person does. And so, you don't get discouraged when you fall down, you don't get discouraged when you take a step back. One of the things he says is, when you have an election, nobody earns one hundred percent of the votes. Mm-hmm. You just want the majority. So same thing with habits. If you put the majority of your habits into what you are wanting to become, then you'll become that thing. So for me, this year, what am I looking at? The two I'm looking at, two I'm looking at is I want to be a morning person, and I want to stop isolating myself so much. Those are two that I'm really focusing on. Um, as I begin to pray over the last four days here, uh, is those are the two things I want to start this year out focusing on. And we'll see where the year goes, and we'll see if I add to it. But this podcast will be an accountability, your accountability. These are two places I want to stop telling myself I'm these
1: things and sort of change the script. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, when I think about the people who are the most effective, at least from my point of view, in uh, in Jesus' kingdom... Are the people who read what the word says? They say, "I'm a disciple. I'm actually going to do this mm-hmm. because I'm a disciple." They identify as a follower of Jesus. They identify as a disciple, and then everything in their um, their life follows from there. And, and they just stop caring about what culture says. They stop caring about what um, you know, just all the voices that don't matter right. what they say because they they now identify as as someone who follows Jesus. And the the good thing about that is that we have a lot of info on what that means to do that. Mm-hmm. Like Christ gives us so much um, instruction and demonstration and everything for that. Uh, the Bible is a big book. There's a lot of good stuff in there. You don't have to just make up something on your own right. and be like, "This is what I think is good." No, you 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 see what the what Jesus says is good, what the Bible says is good, and then you just choose to identify as that. Yep. And uh, yeah, so I think people that are listening, I think that uh, I'm sure your wheels are turning, you know. Yep. Mine are. I haven't read that book yet, but... No, yeah,
0: I know. And that's why I wasn't gonna put anything on you, like, what are yours? <laughs> I've had uh. I've had days in, to think and pray about it, but... Uh, so that, I will put that out there to you, though, whether you get the book or not. It's called Atomic Habits by James Clare. Uh, What are some things that you've been telling yourself, the identity you give yourself, which, as you've been listening to this, you're realizing that God's Spirit is saying, you could change that, and I can change that in you. Um, That would be the thing to take away from this and focus on. Thanks for spending your time with us here today on this podcast. Uh, Joe and I thank you, and make it a great day. May the Lord bless you.